What's going on, any gamers, book club, friends, readers of all books, friends to all books? It is us. It is Ooh. me, David Estrella. It's him. It's at sign alive in the wired. That's me. It's Theo Nax. Theo Naxito. Hola. Mr. Uh, Uncle. Hey, mister. Hey. What are we doing today? Oh, man. What are we doing today? Um, we're in our fuck it, we ball era. <laughs> yeah, we're a little we're spicy in than usual era. today. <laughs> uh, we Haggard, are doing a light novel bedraggled. podcast. It is a podcast of light novels today. Been overdue. We all have situations abound, situations on situations, but I almost feel like it's illegal it's illegal for us to be here right now, but yeah. we're doing it anyway. Society's trying to shut us down, but you know what? They can't keep us from creating excellent content, and boy howdy, do we have a good one for you today, folks. David Estrella, tell the nice people what it is that we read. Uh, so we continued our journey into Spicy Wolves, Spicy Tales, Spice and Wolf. Volume two. This is um, we are just so on the ball we with really reading are. something, and then it being an anime. Uh, <laughs> it's getting it's getting another getting another cartoon out there. And it's just like we just call winners down the line. We call them all the time. That is why we do this because we are influencers and we like <laughs> to influence the sort of anime, like the light novel to anime pipeline. We have direct control over it. If you just want anything animated and we think it's cool, uh, you should let us know and it'll probably get a cartoon. Yeah. But we can't promise that it's going to be a good one. Yeah. Cannot hey. promise that, you know, you're going to get your favorite studio, right? Like it's kind of a gamble. When it comes to these things. If you PayPal me 20 bucks, I will absolutely make your favorite shitty villainous light novel into an anime. Me personally. Absolutely PayPal us 20 bucks. Even just send us $5, all right? I know we're, we, like, the business of sending people that you like because of the things that they are making, like, sending them $5 is kind of really big right now. It's a, there are a lot of people that need $5, and we are some of them. Society in general is in its, its please send me five dollars and five dollars only era. Mm-hmm. Oh, so. You can send us five dollars at patreon.com <laughs> slash uh, anygamers. Doing that's it at the, the start. The link, I right? like it. Yeah, keeping it fresh. Keeping yeah. it, uh, keeping people yeah. on their toes. So, Love Spice and $5. Wolf. Love $5. Hollow the Wise Wolf. Spice and Wolf. Croft Lawrence. The, the Hot the pre-industrial economic action. There's trading. There There's is bartering. taxes. There is smuggling. There are gold coins and there are silver coins and there are many different types of gold coins. Some of them aren't even real, but because of their usage, you know, the fake coins were made into real coins and it's just, it's all kind of like economics neckbeard shit. <laughs> the thing, the thing that is so funny, right? Uh, here... This is going to only really happen in the light novel space, right? You have a certain type of pervert who's into something that is, would be, like, reprehensible to, like, one of us. And in this case, we're talking, you know, economics, you know, economy, like, you know, just fake, fake shit like right. that. Economics is a fraudulent pseudoscience, for sure. 
Yep, it's uh, it's made up. It doesn't. It's not real. There's, it's like you know, there's no basis in reality. But you know, we are all dominated by it, and we are all affected by it somehow. Because that's just what happens when you get a lot of human beings to behave in such a way where this sort of stuff is relevant and should dominate, you know, the day to day lives. Exactly. Uh, you know, just like simple, you know, humble small beings such as ourselves. So, okay, so the perversion part, right? That's perverse, but then also, you know, very, very like, you know, in the guts, furry romance, a lot of like banter and sly nods. And just like, this is stuff that maybe you see in like Haruhi a little bit, right? Like, there's like that, like, spicy, snappy sort of will they, won't they. Yeah, like that very dense concentration of interactions like like every interaction is nuanced and means something mm. between the two two characters that clearly want to jump each other's bones but they're a little bit too how would I describe it? well i mean like hollow hollow the wise wolf also a proud wolf right and then there, there then there's lawrence craft lawrence who is very realistic and goal-minded and just it's kind of like above hollow he's on shit his grind set. a little bit. He's on his grind set. He's sigma on his sigma alpha, grind set. Sigma, sigma male grind set. <laughs> <laughs> this is our worst podcast ever. <laughs> no, this one's good. This one's good. This one's good. <laughs> All right. This is what people have been missing. This is. I feel like that is something that only really happens in these uh, light novels that we that we love so much, right? You can get something that it will really turn us off, but then it's got elements that are gonna they're gonna string me along for a bit. Well, I'm on record as not really liking that first one, and then here in the second volume, I am completely sold. I fucking devoured this. This was great. I want to see more of it. <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah baby. It, I, I, let's I'm on board now. Go. I'm finally here. Yeah. It took let's me a while, but I am, go. I am absolutely let's fucking go. I am all about Spice yeah. and Wolf now. I love Craft Dude. Lawrence and Hollow the Wise Wolf trading barbs and going from town to town. It had a shepherdess. A shepherdess plays a very prominent role in this. It made me so happy. Oh my god. Um Alright. We're gonna we're gonna go in so hard on this, I feel. You're actually on board. I'm like I wasn't even expecting that. I was expecting maybe a lukewarm reception. I just I wasn't I wasn't too sure because this is still only volume two. I wasn't sure if it was gonna like turn it all the way around. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely introducing more elements into this simple well a, it, we had a simple dynamic before. It was just going to be... It really just felt like it, we could just sit here and watch Lawrence and Hollow go at it for for a bit with, with their, you know, withering barbs. But yeah, we got more characters. We got... I, I feel like the, the stakes are a lot higher. For sure. Absolutely. So let's, uh, let's describe the predicament that we're going to get in. We got a bit of a problem, right? Because Lawrence... Lawrence is still kind of a novice in this it's like it's only really what like his first first or second year out on his own or something like that yeah he's in his early 20s and he's only been an independent merchant for a couple of short years and his lack of experience comes to the fore in this novel where he is sold a collection of armor that is not going to sell elsewhere because the major power in the area cancelled their like war campaign and so the the flow down of that onto all of the people you know the the <laughs> the military industrial complex of this this pre-industrial society where all of the elements of it are relying on 
the military expedition to create enough capitals to sustain everyone has collapsed because they aren't doing their regular winter campaign. And Lawrence, it sets it up like kind of like the first novel where, oh, you buy apples for less in this town and sell them for a profit in another town. And then it turns into a very interesting cutthroat exploration of what happens when you take away the thing that's powering this uh, this economy. Yeah, and, you know, there are going to be some real losers in this sort of shakeup of what people were speculating. Like, people were speculating, ah, these guys like to conduct some, some war, right? Like, you know, lay, lay siege to, to this town. Well, too bad about that. Oh, but there are a bunch of people with all this, like, this, these weapons and these armors. Like, what are, they, what are they supposed to do? I don't know. Fucking drop dead. And the reality of Lawrence potentially being tossed into a boat to just row that boat uh, along with a bunch of other debtors for, like, 10 years to maybe pay off this debt. And him going so far as to, like, say, like, well, it's not, you know, I mean, it is 10 years, but most of, most of them are going to just die from the situation that they're in within the first couple of years and he's like he's he's like really clued in on what sort of fate was going to befall somebody who is left holding the bag right when like nobody nobody wants any part of that business and he falls into this because of uh he's feeling himself right he's uh yeah he's getting a little cocky right he is a merchant right and merchants tend to travel on their own right they are distrustful of people you know they don't really have companions and the ones that do have companions they don't really draw a lot of positive attention from other fellow merchants uh, and we are still in this sort of society where the merchant traveling around with a female companion hollow it raises some eyebrows it brings some attention to him but you know he lawrence lawrence feels like a hot shot right he can he feels like he has one over on everybody which is hollow being the wise wolf well hollow being able to read through any deception any lies right mm. so the way that he gets stuck with all these weapons it's so funny right because he has a bag of pepper and i'm sure we're gonna get like some uh, interjection here from inaki about you know like whether or not that amount of pepper is realistic you know like whether or not he's gonna actually be holding that amount of pepper like you know da 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 but anyway he's got a bag full of pepper it's on low on my list of verisimilitude compliance for this this one all right great we get we get a, a single bag of pepper smuggled past the uh <laughs> the uh verisimilitude police over here so he's got this bag of pepper right so he brings it he brings it over to see you know what uh what kind of what kind of deal he's going to be able to make and the guy who's measuring the pepper is of course working with some you know some doctored scales here right so it's going to be whatever the pepper is it's always going to read out lower but Lawrence can't really say anything right because he's real he realizes he's in a position where him calling somebody else out that's also going to be a bad look on him he can't just necessarily do something like this but you know hollow being as resourceful as she is she sees through this deception she asks for a glass of water right and so they're all like oh the the poor, ye poor maiden she's all frail and you know having having vapors and such so please somebody get her get her a glass of water and then she very like theatrically spills the the glass of water and then of course when we find out like oh well the table is uneven so of course the scales are not gonna be measuring the correct amount of pepper right so he's gotten he's caught his guy red-handed in in this plot and that's how lawrence 
decides like, okay, we don't want to completely destroy this guy because that's not good for business. And what is good for business is to let guys like this weasel out, but also feel like they owe you owe him a favor. So Lawrence, big dummy that he is, decides yeah. to take out a loan. Takes out a big loan for some weapons that he normally wouldn't be able to afford in the volume. But because of the way that things are now, he's caught this guy in uh, a botched deception. So he gets a big loan, big, big loan, right? He's borrowing money that he normally wouldn't be able to borrow to acquire all this stuff because he realizes, okay, in the next town over, because of all this, you know, all the war that they're going to about to have, like, clearly we're going to make out, like, real good on this we're gonna move all this stuff and yeah there's no no war war is canceled love and peace love and oh boy that's it it sucks it sucks to be lawrence but before he gets to town before he gets to town he meets somebody important he meets the shepherdess nora oh my god i was so thrilled that there is a shepherdess in this okay so like shepherding is just one of those things it's it's one of the the oldest the most important one of the most primal of all human professions it's a position of great importance and and sacredness you know it it represents this transition from being affected by our environment to tailoring it surviving by taking the environment and shaping it to what best suits us but it's also a very humble position it's it's synonymous with working long hours away from other people it's it's a position of great humility that normally quite young people with with not a lot of responsibility do so when this novel introduced a goddamn shepherdess i was just over the moon i was so happy (laughs) there was a shepherdess in this we got a whole you know wolf sheep thing going on but then like the yeah like the sheep has uh the sheep has some ground against holo right holo yeah holo is pretending to be just a normal girl right just normal so she can't she cannot feast upon the flesh of such a such you know such warm and uh, supple shanks of lamb right it's like it's not that's off the table she can't do it as much as she would like to do it and i think lawrence is tickled by this because he realizes like you know holo isn't all dominant like dominating in in this relationship she's got she's got weak points she's got blind spots and i feel like he because you know he's on this high right he's just he's made this really big potential deal he is not above just like poking fun at holo and her you know he's starting to learn some of her fixations right he is learning stuff about his companion Mm. right isn't that great learning stuff about the person that you are sharing a room with at the end right somebody who is on with your adventure i think like you know with a lot of other light novels it's like the potential life love interest is just there to have chestnut brown hair right and a modest bust and a modest bust and that's you know sometimes they bail you out from a bad situation or you're there to bail them out in a situation right you self-insert yourself into spry black-haired swordsman right who can mm-hmm. master two two arms and nobody else can do that so nora nora the the shepherdess she is seen as heretical by the church but she's still employed by the church yeah, one of those classic religious hypocrisies. Classics. Classics of religion. Classics <laughs> of church. 
<laughs> it really sets up one of the the main thematic conflicts of Spice and Wolf, which is the the tension between these dualities, you know, nature versus city, kind of monotheism versus polytheism. They keep using the word pagan, which specifically means not Christian. So unless the unless Abrahamic religion exists in this world, then that's incorrect. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, the I think the idea is because they, they use such broad strokes to describe stuff like the religion and like the other like older gods that were worshipped before. Like, mm. I think the idea is supposed to be it's just it's like a uh, like, you know, not not Christian religion, but uh, no, like just in effect, it is like it's like it's one it's one God and it's like sort of conquered. Right. It's like that. Like, yeah, it is more or less conquered all all these like smaller areas that seem to like, you know, they were more self-sufficient. Right. They were like they were all just small groups. And then here's just this one monolith that has come to plop down just like this giant stronghold in the middle of this land and well i mean all the gold is running through there right but the taxes they're just so damn high it's a real theocracy it's a real the theocratic society where the church basically controls everything the difference between mm -hmm. the main religion and the government is they're basically the same thing it's really clear in this book that they've got a whole stranglehold on the people and the way that they are living but it also seems like because it is rotted enough from the inside like people don't super care they're not like really into it i love that description of everybody going to church right and lawrence and hollow also have to go to church for reasons right and they're like they're attending the sermon and nobody wants to be the first one to leave yeah <laughs> which is like it once the you know once it's all over nobody wants to be caught like the first one to leave because of bullshit optics right like <laughs> yeah. it's just how how does it look to be the first one out but somebody has to leave right <laughs> so the way they break it down to like you know okay well clearly like you know the, the fishmonger got has to leave first because his job is very time sensitive mm -hmm. and then it's like more and more and more people and then it's like the people that are like really want to suck up to church officials and everybody that's in a position of power like they are the last ones left along with like the very devout zealous believers who really believe how uh, however much gold they can pump into this like they are more in a, in a state of salvation like better than everybody else and of course not only is the church oppressing nor the shepherdess they also obviously don't get along with the old god hollow it's an interesting kind of conundrum where she's the god of the harvest mm -hmm. she's associated with the grain harvest specifically despite being kind of a, a very animalistic creature like she's so vain she's always taking care of her tail which reminds me of my cats but obviously <laughs> she kind of nudged humanity along the the path of greater uh, conurbations and and greater advancements in in agriculture and and coming together as mm. a as a larger society and that's kind of backfired a little bit maybe because they developed this new religion mm. that has nothing to do with wise wolves or or wheat or fertile crescent agriculture yeah it's like it's a mechanism of power to enable just like a very small elite few to dominate everything, control mm. everything. And, you know, what they say is the law over here, and it's all because of God and his devout followers. And it's like there's a really funny story that Hollow tells Lawrence on the way into Rubenheim where she's saying, Oh, this guy, this statue, this um this guy who's missing an arm, right? And, and like Lawrence tells 
hollow like this really you know like this this story where it's like oh yeah you know he's like did like this really courageous heroic thing and lost an arm in the process and the whole is like you know he kind of looks like a guy whose arm i i might have bitten off <laughs> back in the day <laughs> right yeah it's I like was... yeah everything everything is nuanced every there there are layers to everything you know, right you can't we can't just buy into the story that we're fed right by all you know all these like powerful people that are just resplendent in gold so much gold they got so much gold and then like all the people there are struggling yeah I'll tell you, it's a good thing that all of the stuff is in fiction and has no bearing on our everyday lives <laughs> <laughs> So everything, everything is all well and good, right? They meet up with Nora. They get Nora into well. Well, Nora's Nora... trying to escape being a shepherdess. She needs capital to establish herself with one of the trade guilds, and is trying to earn more money as a shepherdess by offering to take people through the woods and yes. use her shepherdess powers to keep them safe from wolves. Right. So she's trying to she's trying to save up money to break free from the church. And like this is this is part of it, right? Because she has been able to lead Lawrence and Holo into safely into the city. Although in the end they they, they didn't really need her help, but Lawrence is a bit of a softy, which Holo doesn't like very much. And also he was riding the high of this good fortune that he thought he was gonna get and he wanted to spread it oh, around yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately when he gets there the guy from the trading company that he was gonna go get bring these bring bring these arms over to well he's saying they're worth trash and still still gotta pay us the money and we're calling in your loan for these these goods you can't sell if you don't get it to us in two days you're gonna have to sell yourself into indentured servitude to pay off the dad yep it's like what he gets like two days or something like that yeah they give him two days and he goes around to everyone that he knows he begs them all to help them at at the end of it he has three small coins that are worthless to the point where everyone said don't bother Mm. paying me back just take it you need it more than i do yeah, it's like I think it was like three coins to maybe say like six thousand or something like that. It's it's a lot. Something along those lines. It's a lot. We haven't done the Rammer podcast in a while, but I had something similar in the one I was writing about how the currency changes depending on which kingdom you're in and who's controlling the area, and it's really confusing. <laughs> this part of the book like it really got me like i've been in that situation where i've just had been staring down needing to pay someone and having absolutely no idea how i was going to do i'm doing okay these days this is like many many years ago now but i it was a very real cold fear that gripped my heart when craft lawrence was facing facing ruin and and desperate Mm -hmm. to do anything to get out of it he has to like bow and scrape to everybody right Mm. and the thing is most merchants they're not his friends he might do business with them he might be on first name basis with a lot of these guys but the moment that he needs money they'll cut him loose they don't need that for their reputation right because because they don't they're not like all independent right they they are backed by other people because that is it's better to have the reputation of a big company behind them as opposed to just being some guy right on the street because a lot of this is you know we're not trading money we're trading more or less trust that was crazy right because the moment that he became untrustworthy he was dead in the water he had absolutely nothing well the language that the book uses is merchants are like sabers useless unless straight 
which annoyed me because sabers are curved. That's what differentiates a saber <laughs> from another kind of sword. But you know, but he goes into the he goes to go see his guild, his merchants guild, and they're all Guildies. you know clapping him on guild the shoulder, buddies. and they're like, "Ah, oh, Lawrence, young fellow, me lad, it's good to see you." You know, they're ribbing him, and they're they're talking about the the brotherhood of of merchants, and then he gets into trouble, and they're like, "Nope, get fucked." figure it out on your own <laughs> yeah and well holo holo feels a little bit responsible for the whole thing although it's not her fault but she feels a little bit guilty right like mm. just you know because she was well, she's a deity and she, was, she, she feels yeah. that she has to be involved in the lives of of those around her even mm-hmm. if uh, lawrence isn't necessarily worshipping her or providing offerings and things to her he's still kind of her yeah. friend and she still is fascinated by the minutiae of day of human daily life which she kind of has this morbid fascination with that uh, it doesn't really affect her she could just kind of sit in the woods all the time grooming her tail but she's but she likes attention she likes attention and she likes human food and she likes seeing the comings and goings and messing about in the human world because it's amusing to her mm-hmm. but now now all that she's got on her plate is a big steaming pile of despair which is very uncomfortable and she has to be there this whole time as Lawrence is going door to door collecting money and part of why she's feeling a little bit guilty is because a lot of the people that are answering the door see hello and think to themselves like well why is he begging for money and he's got a companion with them who's probably depending on him for something like mm. what is the deal here right they they are thinking a lot of things most of which probably has no bearing in reality but they are just assuming the worst for Lawrence to be in this sort of situation and of course Lawrence says a few things that he probably shouldn't have said to Holo and then Holo being kind of crushed by the situation mm. she just kind of like meekly accepts it like okay sorry uh, I guess I'll go back to the end and it's like so uncharacteristic for holo but it does it does show that she has had like a lot I, I don't know if i would call it empathy but she's definitely demonstrating that she is aware that this is a very dire situation and is not able to use her her deity abilities to get them out of this one although she does say you know if you want to just hop on my back you know i could turn into a big wolf you can hop on my back and we'll just run as far as we can to the north and we'll just get away as far away as we can from this that that is her answer right just let's just run away from this and lawrence isn't even offended by that he's like he's think he's actually thinking like well maybe but at the same time like he has used the reputation of his guild to get to where he is that he is now which is potentially being put in a box and sent off to like the nearest ship that just desperately needs some some meat to just be ground into into the gears. Another of my verisimilitude points, but I'll save it for later. And he does okay. not really want to rely on Hollow for this because you know he's relied on her before and he kind of wants to try and extricate himself from the situation a little bit because mm. he's proud and a little bit because it's his life and his existence and he's trying everything in his power to make the best of it mm-hmm. even though he knows if he asked nicely hollow would probably just use her magic powers to save him 
regardless of what saving him looks like, whether it's conjuring the money he needs from thin air or <laughs> escaping to live in the woods as a, a wild person for the rest of his days. Yeah, live in, live in a cabin completely off the grid. That's, you know, Sigma male again. Sigma grindset, Sigma yeah. But you know what? Lawrence, he has one 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 last big score on his mind. He gets he get he does get into it with Hollow back at the end. He has a big plan. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a, well, he's got a big plan, but first he has to like have a big fight with Tolo and then Holo has to like snap back at him because he did he did slap her hand away, right? It it got physical. And so Holo threw a chair and at the end at the end like Lawrence was all like, "Okay, listen, you know what? Fine. You take this money, you take these 3 gold coins and see what you can do." And I will just see myself out and try to figure this out, which is a bit, which is what makes Holo super mad because they are supposed to be a team and she can't be expected to just sit there at the end, right? Like just being so sad. She wants to be active. She wants to be his deity. She wants to be relied upon and trusted. Right? She can't just sulk in the room with the money that he has had to borrow from uh like you know here and there so yeah so this is where we get to the plan the plan that involves a shepherdess they need a shepherdess to make this plan work oh my heart grew three sizes i was so happy that they needed a shepherdess to make the plan work (laughs) so they take one of the like the really annoying things which is the fact that all this Every everything that walks into into this town, it's like it's getting taxed to hell. Especially gold, because you know what? All the all the gold that they've got over there, it's like it's stamped by a church. Church mm. is saying, "All right, this is this is you know this is, this is our this is our gold. You're not allowed to just bring gold in here." They don't quite have a barter economy. In fact, they're quite a few steps above that. But changing money from one form to another and like if you come in with 10 items and the tax is 15 percent you'll have to give up two of them yeah which is historically supported lots of major trade cities and ports and things would have taxes like that in fact a lot of castles would just be in the middle of a trade route and you can go through the castle and pay the taxes or you can try and take your wagon through the primeval forest mm. and likely die. Yeah, so I'm ass- yeah, I'm assuming that all the all the shit exists like as you know, it's like the it's a very flimsy pretext. Like, oh, you know, you're just not you're not gonna get raided by bandits or eaten by wolves. You know, just come come through our pass through our castle, right? Like, yeah, if you put your castle on the only road. Then we got guards in big shiny armor, yeah, and swords and shit. People like clearly, it's worth of two choice, of your yeah. ten items, right? And then, and then gold is like, well, buddy, we're not letting you walk into this town with all that gold. So they have a gold smuggling operation, and they have to make this work with the the guild that is they're on they're on their way out because they made a bad deal uh, based around the fact that. There was going to be a war, and then there was nothing. So there's no use for all this armor. There's no use for all these swords. Did a lot of money. They're facing bankruptcy yeah. as well. And Kraft Lawrence goes to them and says, "Look, you don't want to be bankrupt either. Help me with this because mm-hmm. you're not really going to get anything if I don't pay uh, you." 
uh if i don't pay up you guys going aren't gonna get shit like there's no value in bankrupting me because you're still gonna go bankrupt it's not gonna turn your fortunes around so you may as well come with me you may as well do this this plan that i have so what's the what's the plan what's what's the brilliant plan they're gonna they want to smuggle gold how are they gonna do it who who's insane enough to walk out of here and come back in with a bunch of gold nora the shepherdess how is she going to do it? Uh, she's going to feed the gold to sheep as gastroliths. I don't actually know if sheep have gastroliths. Actually, let's look this up. Well, let's settle this right now. <laughs> so gastroliths are a um uh is a thing where an animal will um swallow a small rock to help them uh chew up. Uh, to help them digest things, basically. Um, I think sheep's stomachs might be too complex. They have, like, a, a very, very complex four-chambered stomach. Um, like a cow? Yeah, similar to, to a cow. There, there's a scientific word for it that I don't know. Yeah, I can't I can't find any references to, to sheep having... Um, sheep having gastroliths so maybe maybe not not super well supported but regardless the the shepherdess nora feeds gold to her sheep and then walks them through the city to smuggle them because clearly you know the guild the guild even though it's about to be bankrupt like they they can still they can still make some moves right some last desperate moves they don't want to be bankrupt no they don't want to have to go work in the salt mines until it kills them yeah so it like everybody everybody's motivation just seems to align right like Nora can very quickly get all the money that she needs to just go off and do her own thing Lawrence can get out of this debt that is about to more or less end his life and the trading company can also start to make steps towards rebuilding the whole thing i'm not going to be completely in the clear on this but it is going to be a major step forward to you know getting getting out of the situation so nora nora's nora's escort service here bringing bringing people safely in and out of of the forest Hollow hates this, of course. She's not a big fan of shepherdesses because they are ideologically and physically opposed to wolves. Yeah. Hollow thinks she should be allowed to eat any sheep that she wants, and <laughs> obviously shepherdesses, that's their entire thing, is trying to keep your flock from being eaten. Yeah, there's even like there's even some some conversation about like, you know, if it if it comes down between my instincts and Nora, it almost, it almost it almost seems like Hollow's not super sure what's gonna happen. Anyway, they are accompanied by some guy from this trading company to go conduct this last deal to acquire all this gold. And the plan seems to be going rather smooth, right? It all it all seems to be working. And of course, wolves intervene, but not just any wolves. We get our we get our first glimpse at potentially another existence similar to the wise wolf a wolf that has seems to have like a little a little bit extra going on as opposed to just like your run-of-the-mill wolf well especially after the first time that they traveled through the woods with Nora the shepherdess it was incident free they spent three days traveling and for three days and nights didn't see a single wolf but on the way back 
course it is raining they are getting chased by wolves at this point and the whole plan seems to be unraveling rather quickly so hollow decides like okay this is what's going to have to happen i'm going to have to stay behind and have a nice chat with the wolves that are pursuing us and you're all gonna have to get clear out of here and when all this is over we'll catch up think go real bad after this right it was all it was it was gonna be a double cross it was gonna be a double cross all along because anyone desperate enough to do something dumb like smuggling is obviously desperate enough to look at you and go actually i don't think that i need to share the profit of this it's a very very simple mm -hmm. equation that people involved in crime have been making ever since there has been people and there has been crime <laughs> Anyone anyone yeah. desperate enough to do a criminal act is also desperate enough to deprive you of your share and to look at you and realize that actually I don't need to share this money that we made illegally. I think I should have all of it and you should have none. So some of the uh some stooges catch up to Lawrence and they uh they let him know, well, we're gonna beat your ass. We're gonna tie you up in the rain. And, well, you know, thank goodness that your companion isn't there because we heard that you had a female companion with you and it would have sucked to have to beat her up as well. I think that they might have even meant to kill him, but I guess they just felt like, okay, well, it's going to be fine. We're just tying him up. We'll go catch up to the, uh, we'll go catch up to Nora. We'll get the gold from the sheep and it's all, all going to be all right. Lawrence has this moment where he's like, that, that is the it's the absolute pits for Lawrence. That's that is he is as far bottom as he could have gone. He realizes that he is completely messed up and he has no idea how he's going to make it up to Hollow. Hollow comes in and she's pretty beat up. I think she might even be naked at this point. And she tells Lawrence like, OK, I had to more or less do naked Dogeza to this wolf <laughs> to get through this which is like that is that is the absolute worst i'm pretty sure hollow would have preferred to have died than to have like bowed to who was more or less like a i'm assuming it's like a big wolf like uh like hollow when she bites into the wheat and turns like you know super massive but it's it's like a young upstart right it's not you know, just a guy with some meaningless territory and it's just holding it down it's just like it's like teenagers in a parking lot right Bong and do. Intimidating. Yeah. Bong and do. Just being rowdy and unruly, but teens nonetheless. Just simply bong and do. But it sucks, right? And what she was trying to do is just to get them to back off and keep everybody else alive. But now she's realizing, okay, we've been tricked. We got to go get Nora. We have to save Nora from this terrible fate that we have roped her into. Yeah, because likely... You know, if they if they find Lawrence again, they're going to kill him. If they find Hollow, they're going to kill her as well. When they find Nora, they'll probably just use her to get the gold through. Or, you know, even even at this point, the plan could still fall apart because, like, the... Well, they don't trap it out. The guy's, holding, to, like, yeah, the guy's to... holding the gold. There's a guy holding the whole bag of gold. Like, he could just yeah. say, fuck it, you know? Like, what? I'm just going <laughs> to... I'm just going to walk away from all of this. Well, what can Holo do? Holo can turn into a big old wolf. Well, I'm pretty sure that they were not counting on this. Nobody ever expects the giant wise wolf. Nobody expects a big old wolf who is still very agile. Holo can, can, can move. Big, though she might be, 
she can still move. And not only that, she is also, she also realized like Lawrence probably has no taste for blood. So she's just gonna like bloodlessly knock all these guys senseless into the mud. He's a merchant, not a warrior, Jim. Yeah. So <laughs> they, they catch up, they catch up to the guy. They, uh, they fuck him up. And well, you know, the, the day is saved, right? But there's a moment where Holo is staring down Nora because Lawrence realizes like, oh, right. Nora doesn't realize Holo's like little party trick that we've got where she turns into a giant wolf. And again, shepherdesses and wolves are ideologically and physically in conflict. Nora will try to throw down with a giant wolf because that is what she's got to do. But she doesn't really stand a chance, right? She's got she's got a loyal dog companion and a bunch of sheep. So what is she going to do? Oh, she's got a stick, right? Mahola has been able to take down guys with, like big old swords and armor and knives and things. So they stare each other down and it really seems like it's either up to Holo's instinct to start thinking, right? Don't be dominated by your instinct. And then it's also up to Nora to potentially recognize, okay, I'm staring down a giant wolf. Maybe, maybe she can make the connection here centuries of history leading up to this moment it's a uh, it's super it's super dramatic but holo holo doesn't let the you know she doesn't she doesn't let her doesn't let the bloodlust her control get, her. she's in control yeah. not her doesn't let her instincts her get instincts. the better of her she'll groom her tail all day but she won't she manages to not kill the shepherdess with whom she is in ideological conflict and nora also seems to have a realization because like Nora Nora also just seems like to be like a little bit more aware right of like what people might really be right you know wolves in this case like maybe maybe she's just been able to sense that Holo has something going on but yeah they they uh they they back off right and now and now we can have like the nice Ooh, nice chapter of getting payback, right? Getting, getting nice revenge. Nice little yeah. So it's a waste for Holo to turn back into a uh, normal human, right? Because when she's a giant wolf, she can more or less jump over mountains and things. So what she does is she very quietly and stealthily in giant wolf form jumps over the city walls without anybody noticing which is like it's funny to me she's able to do this because Lawrence wants to pay a visit to the uh i'm assuming guild master i'm not sure what you would call him more or less the guy, the guy who's who called the shots dry. yeah the guy who heard about his problems and was like oh that's nice you know never mind that they could have probably also gotten the gold in this way so he go he goes to have like a nice little chat you know clear things up he makes all the terms of the deal that they're about to conduct and again right this is a repeat of the deal with the pepper where lawrence is in a position to completely wipe out this guy right like you know nobody will have heard of him within like 10 years instead what he offers him is an opportunity for everybody to get back up on their feet right he acquires an iou which is signed to his trading company so all this all this money that he would have been able to make off of the deal with the gold smuggling he's saying okay to pay it to my guys i'm gonna be holding on to this i will sell it to them and with that money he is able to get nora out from her situation which was being squashed under the thumb of the church and you know they have a little bit for themselves to be on their way so more or less he like manages to zero out everybody's accounts with this right 
He restores his reputation with all the merchants. He doesn't give this trading company that was about to take him under, he doesn't give them any incentive to go out and pursue revenge, right? He's being he's being merciful, right? Mm. Because he realizes, like, in this sort of business, you can't do this sort of, like, cutthroat treachery and expect to get away with it, right? Because he is not so big. He's not so big to just walk away from this sort of thing, right? Completely screw over these guys and not expect somebody to come after him in the future. Yeah, well, it's like, like again, merchants like sabers useless unless straight, even though sabers are curved. Nice, they're, they're putting a nice little bow on everything. But you know, Holo Holo's got Holo Holo's got something nagging her in the back of her mind because during the stand, like the stare down between her and Nora, Lawrence was you know running running up the hill and like screaming in in the rain. Right, he was screaming somebody's name. He wanted he wanted to draw the attention of one person in there, convey the fact that listen, we are we're all buddies here. Like nobody has to get eaten or. <laughs> You know, stabbed in the nose with like a, a big wooden stick. Like we can just chill, chill out. Everything is fine. But Holo is bothered by the fact that it was a bit loud in, in the situation. And she isn't sure if Lawrence was perhaps leaning towards Nora or, you know, sticking, sticking with the person who has been around with him through thick and thin for the past couple of books and who is in the process of saving his useless hide you know the the once the everything seems to be set in motion to get everything going right the the Nora is about to walk into the gates with the with the gold the you know Lawrence stands there and he's like all like well you know I don't remember whose name I shouted there was a lot going on you know there are people with weapons all coming out for blood and of course hollow huffs and is all like well that's not a good answer you know there's a there's a bell ringing right and he's like he's saying a name but nobody hears it again and then as he sees Nora walking in through the gate and Holo is also had her attention drawn towards the fact that Nora's about to walk in then Lauren says Holo and that's all she needed to know yeah just called her called her out nice uh nice nice little volume two we yeah. got here action-packed little volume two lots and lots and lots of stuff happens it's like a slightly more serious version of the kind well it's significantly more serious version of the kind of thing that would happen in like connor Subaru or slayers where they they get into some trouble and have to try and yes. figure some kind of way to dig themselves yeah. out except instead of being funny it's very very serious and the the fates of several people are on the line yeah it's like it's serious i think the romance is a little bit not as high as it was in volume one but even then like you can't super call it romance because we're still in the stages of flirtation i guess there is there i mean there's a you know there's some spiciness between the two of them there's some chemistry going on but i mean we're only in volume two we're not gonna go full bore on that yet yeah, and they've they've had some issues and they've been through some stuff. They have a couple of major fights in this one and they're not glued to the hip like they were in that first volume. So it's a little bit more ambiguous. It's it's teasing you. It's promising more things to come down the track. I love that afterward. We we, we like we're we're coming back to our reality. We're out of the book world and we get to hear some commentary from the author who <laughs> It's funny, right? Because the the guy has got this reputation right for 
they're writing writing these books right but they're all soaked in economics and money and doing doing deals and what he's got to say to everybody is like after you know first volume came out took some of the took some of the money put it in stock and lost his money <laughs> cannot depend on <laughs> cannot depend I'm not on the guy to his good name again by saying that he was arrested for fraud, which was another light novel author, and not not uh, <laughs> not the guy who wrote this. So that was on that was on me. I can't apologize enough for that. Yeah. Sorry for slandering your good name, Hasikreosena. That was that was funny though. It's humanizing, right? You know, it doesn't doesn't matter how much you know in this game. Like anybody can make a bad call. <laughs> Which is kind of the whole point of Volume 2. <laughs> yeah, it's also interesting that, like, when he was publishing Spice and Wolf, he got enough money that he in put it in the stock market. And other light novels we've read in response to the success of their novel, they're like, I want to go to Caesarea and not look at any of the prices. And it's like... <laughs> oh god you really didn't earn very much money off of this at all did you so i'm happy i'm happy you're spice you're spice and wolfed up i'm on board yeah i'm on board with hollow the wise wolf and craft lawrence i am absolutely on the train now i enjoyed this way more than the first volume and i'm had a great time with it there's a couple of annoying little like things where the realness of it shall we say got to me a little bit like they they get to the town and they have this really low-class snack that everyone loves, which is f- deep-fried lampreys. And my two problems with that are, one, lamprey was a food of the very, very rich, you know, kings and nobles and people at the high end of society. It's not a common snack that everyone would be eating. And two, deep-frying is not entirely a modern thing, but definitely not, like, the first thing you would think of in a pre-industrial time period but yeah I'm, I'm willing to overlook those those little things and think well maybe that's just how it is in this world because i enjoy the rest of the book so much i love shepherdesses and i like all of the tension i like all of the dualities that are pushing up against each other in this society it's very focused on the acquisition and dispensing of capital in a way that i'm not entirely certain holds up for the time periods it's taking inspiration from but also i'm not familiar enough with it to say that it's completely wrong there's this kind of like a a hanseatic league thing going on in this book where all of these merchants have have banded together to make an organization much larger than themselves and i don't think it's egregiously wrong but the the specific degree to which all of these people are are focused on on making dispensing capital uh yeah i i couldn't say but i i did enjoy this book a lot I, i thought it was great and if you're just here for the vibes, well, you know, like me, yeah, we'd love to read some more of that that spicy wolf. It has a very strong arc to it, where it's it's up and it's and it's feeling good, and then it comes all comes crashing down, and then it gets resolved very neatly at the end. It's very good storytelling. Yeah, yeah. And well, we need we need some of that as well, right? We gotta we yeah. gotta go through the shit times to really really partake in the good times and boy howdy are david and i going through some shit times at the moment so yeah <laughs> yeah thanks for sticking with us any gamers book club bookworms we love you yeah you were doing corners we uh yeah let's do our corners what corner is it time for david australia it is uh recommend any bit of media that you're into that is not a light novel corner yep that's exactly what it is 
Oh, baby. You want to go first? I feel like I always go first. You I'll go, go first. first. So I am reading 2666 by Roberto Bolaño. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, shit. Roberto Bolaños, a.k.a. Super Comediante Chispirito, the beloved entertainer and creator of such fixtures of Latin American culture as El Chavo del Ocho and El Chapilin Colorado. That, Roberto Bolaños? No. I, I understand the confusion, but that is Roberto Bolaños, the Mexican comedian and entertainer. I'm talking about Roberto Bolaño, the Chilean author. Yeah. This book is like 900 pages long. Like, I got it from it's the library. Uh, yeah, and the librarian was like, good luck. <laughs> 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 and I was like, oh, thank you. That's very, you're a very encouraging librarian. Um, it's It's very dense. It's very, very difficult to get a handle on. It's in the vein of that fairly obtuse, quite fantastical South American literature like something like A Hundred Years of Solitude or The Aleph, something along those lines. I'm enjoying it a lot, but I'm not certain that I'm going to kind of conquer it and like fully grasp everything that it's going for. But it is, it is like, it is one hell of a novel. It is really just eating away at my, my poor diseased brain um very different to the light novels that we read um but yeah 2666 by roberto bolaño the chilean author um i highly recommend it um yeah you should you should uh, get some get some real literature into you and this is a this is a choice example of that i'm i mean very much enjoying reading something that's this ambitious and kind of a little bit dangerous it's it's a kind of rough around the edges and is toying with things that uh yeah i i don't want to say too much more than that it's just yeah very very good novel and i highly recommend you go check it out david Estrella, what have yeah. you been checking out all right so i bought a book from italy it's a it's like a pretend i don't know i think pretend um traditional role-playing game like art book sort of thing it's like it's a it's a weird thing it's like a guidebook to a game that does not exist it's called okay. vermis vermis from plastibu who is a illustrator online who i'm sure has like an account on every social media website their shtick is how how would i describe it it's dark souls <laughs> it's okay, like say uh, no more. Yeah, dark no, dark, fan dark, dark yeah. fantasy but like lo-fi dark fantasy like the sort of stuff that you might have seen old pixelated displays that can only show monochrome green that sort of thing very very dense in the world building and stuff and there's like there's so many bits and pieces here of text where it's like oh the floor is full of rotting bodies and bones and there's like there are key items where it's like you have to pick up like half the skull of this statue and like the skull looks like it might be like very realistic compared to the statue <laughs> There's like, you know, there's like, you know, weird, weird, uh, freaky friends like you might find in, in Dark Souls where it's like guy sleeping under a tree who explains to you the very important danger that you're about to encounter 
in in this swamp that's coming up it's like it's just all it's all the perversions that i like about dark souls but in so it's like a fake something that, book for a game that doesn't exist it's like is it is it fi- yeah so it's fiction but it, it's like it's like a yeah. creepypasta is that what you're saying it's like no it's more of like a i would say like just a, like a forgotten title right like forgotten media something that wasn't reprinted right might not like might have sold like 10 books back in the 80s and then like it just fell through a gap in time like that's like that's more the style right but a lot i think a lot of the material inside the book is definitely like more of the kind of like fantastic you know like the the sort of thing like the what concept artists would do with pokemon right where they like envision this sort of like minimal UI, really immersive experience of right, yeah. what a 3D Pokemon would have been. This is like sort of the opposite where it's like, well, you know, imagine this sort of game, this game that you never heard of, like exists only on these floppy disks, like it never got ported out, but it's just very atmospheric very dense uh, with like the description of the sort of horrors that exist in this world but you know it's not real but it would have been interesting if it was real i think like this is like this is like a this is like a sort of thing that like you know if you aren't going to design the game right because like designing a game is a nightmare and will break your mind you can create a book about it right yeah. like just let's all let's all just pretend that this is like a, a cool idea it exists as a book cool and it says it's part one so i'm assuming part two is on the way i would hope i like that genre of immersive fiction where it's on the audience to look the other way and pretend that it's real i think that that's really cool so a recommendation for what was it called again vermis vermis and a subtle recommendation for from software's dark souls the video game yeah no yeah it's like if you have if you're into dark souls you'll love this Excellent. Well, we have finally... Yeah, that's all the time we got for you. <laughs> you can follow me on social media at Atsinal Live on the Wired. Thank you for supporting Annie Gamers. This is a thing Thank that you for we $5. do because we love it and we're very lucky in this day and age of everything coming crashing down to have found an audience of people who like and respect what we do. So thank you for listening. Thank you very much. And we hope that you listen again for the next book. What are we reading oh, next fuck, time? We, even... <laughs> <laughs> we are going back to the world of the Apothecary Diaries. Yeah, this is one I liked. This is one that you were kind of on the fence for, but it's yep. getting an anime soon, so it's going to be super relevant, and people are very excited to watch some anime. But why don't you read some books, right? Why don't you read Volume 2 with us? Why don't you do both? Yes. Valid. Have time to pursue your hobbies. It's always a good feeling. Oh, I so, wish I had time. Yeah. For this week, you are valid, and we want you to stay valid until you hear from us again. Yes, continue staying valid. Please, if you do anything else after leaving us behind once this recording is over, please continue staying valid. Thank you.